You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. This is Dr. Phil Klein. No doubt, as practicing dentists, many of us go through periods where we feel we're doing the same thing day after day. And this, of course, can diminish our enthusiasm and happiness. It can lead to frustration and even depression. To discuss this further and offer ways to reinvent your practice is our guest, Dr. Todd Snyder. Dr. Snyder is a popular speaker on VivaLearning.com, a cosmetic dentist, author, international lecturer, researcher, and instructor at various teaching facilities. Before we get started, I would like to thank our sponsor, GC America. GC is a leader in dental materials and most recently introduced two exceptional products, Equia Forte HT, which is a bulk fill glass hybrid long-term restorative system, and Fuji Sem Evolve, which is a radiopaque resin reinforced glass onomer cement. We thank GC for their support for this podcast. Dr. Snyder, it's a pleasure to have you back on Dental Talk. Thanks, Phil. Always great to be here. Yeah. So first of all, in your opinion, roughly what percentage of practicing dentists do you think are experiencing frustration, boredom, and are no longer really excited about their practice? I think that you go through waves in your career. So I don't doubt that if you've been in dentistry for five plus years, you're going to have experienced something. But the longer you're in dentistry, I think the more you're going to find. Um, I don't know if I could put a number on it because you know, nothing's perfect. You're always going to have problems. You probably have some type of burnout or frustration at some point, And then it's okay. How do I fix this and get through it? So, uh, so I, I don't know if you could put a number for right this minute. I think it's everyone's got a problem. It's just a matter of does that problem stay with you? such that you're going to get really burned out or do you find a way around it? So at some point you're going to have the problem. Yeah. So I know he, I did. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you can tell us some, something about your experience there. Um, yeah, obviously the, the best thing to do is to identify that you have a problem and then move forward with, with solving it to that point. What are some of the early signs of a practice moving in the wrong direction, meaning more frustration in the practice, more stressors and overall less happiness? Well, I think the first place that most people are going to perceive it is through the employees. You know, the, the employees is the number one thing reported by dentists to the ADA as far as their number one problem. So you're going to see it in employees. Uh, from there, I think the next frustration is since we're working month to month, it becomes, okay, I'm not making enough money. Why is that? Who, who do I now blame? Or, you know, is it the insurance company? Is it the front desk? You know, who is it that we want to blame? Because we never want to blame ourselves. We always want to point fingers. Um, so I would say that's the biggest thing is, you know, the insurance plan reimbursements, the employees, uh, but more importantly, it's you and how you run your business, uh, is where the, the fault lies. And that goes back to, I mentioned in a previous podcast, the extreme ownership that anyone that's not doing things the way you want in your practice, it's your fault because obviously they're not doing it right because you didn't either train them right or hold them accountable to be able to do the skill set you're asking of them. So at the end of the day, anything goes wrong in your office, it's your fault, no one else's. And that's hard to swallow. Yeah, and that's really important, that point you just made. That is super important because if you're always deflecting the blame to somebody else, you're not going to ever solve the problem. I mean, you could say, for instance, yeah, things have been really stressed out in the practice because we hired this new hygienist and she's so negative and she's so problematic. She's taken the whole office down, right? I mean, that's... that's right. Yep. understandable. You made a bad hire. She she was recommended by somebody and you took a chance on her. But what's your answer to that? When a dentist says everything was great until it is her fault or his fault. And here's the thing is, again, we can't see our own faults. And so you're blaming her when ultimately it's your fault for hiring her or B, your fault for not letting her go. And let's face it, most dentists 
one of the biggest stresses for them is letting someone go. And so they end up hanging on to someone that drags the whole practice down and creates chaos and tension. And maybe even you lose one of your good employees because she doesn't want to deal with the bad person anymore. And how do I know? I've been there. I've dealt with it. And because I had that hurdle, I've learned how to no longer deal with that type of situation so that I can perform faster and better with good people. Mm-hmm. And, and so you learn these things. And so, again, as a mentor, my job is to expose people to their lies that they can't tell themselves. And once they realize it and do something about it, they realize how much better it was. Ask any dentist that didn't fire someone. They'll come back after the fact and say, you know what? I should have fired them a long time earlier. And I was so happy when I did. And so, again, the question of think of how much happier you would have been had you recognized your fault earlier and done something about it. Mm-hmm. That leadership. Right. That's that. Then it goes back to leadership, which you covered in a previous podcast. And I always hear the term slow to hire, quick to fire. Fast to fire. Yeah, yeah, fast to fire. Exactly. Yeah. So there's something to be said for that. Um, tell us about some of the early signs of a practice moving in the wrong direction. So things aren't going so good. It's kind of gradual. It's not, you know, it's not like it's written on the wall. As soon as you come in the office, you are feeling more frustration in the office. You're taking some stress home with you. And overall, you, you, you know, you have a little bit of lack of enthusiasm and happiness. What are some of the early signs that you've seen in your experience? Well, for me, it's, I would say it's, we talk about employees. It's the employee stress that starts to put onto your back. And let's face it, you already have enough burdens. You know, you're wearing a coat of armor, your shield, so to speak, that you're having to deal with patient frustrations. You're inside their social distance and they're complaining about things that hurt or they're complaining about fees. And so your shield and your armor is getting riddled with holes. So now if you have to go deal with staff issues, now you're just getting you know, riddled with bullets, so to speak. And after a while, you can't take it anymore. And so that, that buildup of these different things, if you're not addressing them, if you just keep saying, well, I just got to keep producing, you guys need to handle it, or the office manager needs to handle it. No, it's, it's again, it's you, which is unfortunate as a business owner, you have to manage many of these things. But at some point, when you become better able to manage these, your shield gets stronger because you have people in place that won't allow the bullets to get to you. And so I I use this analogy, but we see it quite regularly. It starts with employees or it starts with the financials that you've gone out and spent too much money on equipment and CEs and you have this overhead that you're not whittling away because of maybe insurance reimbursements or lack of patience, you know, and all of a sudden the debt becomes more of a concerning burden and you're not making enough money. And so you're getting frustrated and that frustration now boils over to your employees and the way you interact with them, it boils over into the patients and the patients can tell that you are, you're having problems, whether you realize it or not. You then take that home and now your wife and family's upset with you. And so uh, having a bad home life and a bad practice at the same time starts to escalate more of your frustrations and you're taking it out on other people in other ways. Maybe it's just at the grocery store and you get this escalation until there's an explosion. Mm-hmm. That's where you got the biggest problem. Yeah. Did they make a movie out of that? Uh, Michael Douglas was in it, or I don't know who it was, but he, he, this guy just lost it. I don't know what happened. Yeah, wasn't that falling down? Michael yeah, Douglas falling, falling down, and it sounds like Breaking Bad. On uh, we just aged ourselves. Yeah, Breaking well, Breaking Bad is another series on Netflix where the guy is just about had it with yep. his life as a chemistry teacher. Jeez. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. If anybody out there that's interested in uh, watching a series, it, it was really well done. It's it's. Something that you'd find rather odd to talk about, which is a meth cooker, but uh, it's a chemistry teacher gone meth cooker, but it's very well done. Won all sorts of awards. Talk about frustrations. I mean, let's face it. This guy was pretty frustrated to move in that direction. We're not asking anybody to do that here. 
Um, right. That was a great uh, narrative you just had, Dr. Snyder, about how things can get pretty bad. So, you know, before we get into how to fix it, let me just ask you one other question. Where do you see m most of these frustrations, I should say, are, are related to a practice owner, a solo practitioner or someone who owns a group practice? But what about frustrations for someone who's working for another dentist or in a DSO? Tell us a little about some of those because they don't have any employees, right? Because they're not employing well, oh, anybody. Okay, so they have a different frustration in my mind. And again, I've been there too. The different frustration is you're not the owner, so you can't make change. And so for many of us, we want to do things a certain way. And so when you don't have that power, that can create frustration. And granted, there's plenty of us that say, hey, you know what, I'm okay with that. I, I'll just do my thing and, and it's okay. But I would say that the people that get frustrated is, you know, I, I can't tell the employee what to do. I'm not their boss. Or I can't make change and implement technology and, and, and things that I want in the business. And so after a while, these frustrations start to build up. Or I perceive myself as being worth more, more valuable, that I should be compensated differently or should be making more. That also plays into it. And so many of these different things become frustrating for an individual that feels they have no power or ability to, to change things because they're just another employee. Uh, so they have a different type of frustration. And that's where, like me, uh, being very bullheaded, that after a certain while in some of these businesses, I would voice my opinions and eventually I would be let go. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of the frustrations we're talking about, I have been there on both sides and dealt with them in many ways. So I can tell you, again, as someone who's been through them, how to navigate and make it through faster and easier. Uh, not that my way is perfectly right, but I can certainly shed light and you can decide how you want to approach things. Your training program, and we talked about this before, you help the individual who's seeking your mentorship to identify their own problems, to look internally, right? And look at themselves and say, you know, where am I frustrated? What What is causing this? And I wouldn't say it's like a psychiatry appointment or a psychologist appointment, but in some ways you are helping them figure things out, right? But you're also not only helping them identify stuff, but you're helping them move in the right direction based on your experiences, which you have a lot of. And this is not taught in dental school. It's not. They're coming out with a huge disadvantage. They know how to cut preps. They know how to make a denture. They do great scaling and replanning and a lot of other, hopefully they're good diagnosticians, um, but they don't have the business experience that they need. And unless you're a natural, not everybody's a natural, um, at business, it could be extremely challenging to be to be successful. And part of it is to identify these frustrations and fix them. So how do we get a dentist to turn it all around so that he or she is excited about going to work again and the entire dental team is happier and more productive? The first thing I would tell you to do is, is stop following the herd. Stop doing what everyone else is doing. And, and what is that? It's continuing to take more dogmatic dental programs where it's just let me show you how to use the material. Let me show you how to better your filling or better your crown. Or let me show you how to implement another piece of technology for five or six figures that you end up not using or, or barely using at all and be collects dust. You know, think backwards and understand what you're buying and how that's going to make you successful, whatever it is, a course, technique, uh, technology, whatever it is. And not so much as, oh, if I buy this, I'm going to make more money. Well, how will I make more money? Well, I'll see more patients. Well, how are you going to see more patients? You know, so then it goes like, okay, well, my advertising's got to change. Well, how is the advertising message going to change to get people to come in? It's, it's a lot bigger that I think oftentimes dentists miss. But more importantly is, again, we focus on the delivery. 
And, and so to focus on really the business becomes more interesting. And I can tell you, it sounds weird because, you know, the majority of us don't focus on that. And I know it probably sounds scary too, but start to cut things out, start to remove things. And it sounds weird. You'd say like, okay, well, you know, start to remove an employee that's waiting the, the company down, start to remove the insurance plan that pays you the least amount of money. You decide what it is. I mean, it's different for everyone. My job is to expose you and, and, and who you are so that you can realize things that you've never seen in yourself or better yet, I don't have to do it. Everyone in our group, in our private teaching groups can point out your flaws. It's very fun to watch everyone point your flaw out. And we all have them and we all come in, you know, basically nude to the, to the group saying, here's me and here's all my baggage. And if you can do that, it's amazing how fast you can prosper. Basically what I'm trying to say is, if you think of the Pareto principle, which is the 80-20 rule, 80% of your money basically comes from 20% of your sales, so to speak, or 20% of your clients. And this has been proven throughout numerous businesses. It's not just dentistry. And so the patient that, that kind of everyone sees on a schedule that doesn't like and everyone sighs and goes, oh, great, we're going to have to deal with such and such today. Or the patient that never pays and you've got to follow them up for like months on end and a bunch of time and energy and employee you know, manpower, paperwork is spent on it. You look at these things and start to realize that these are part of your problems that are not making you money. They're costing you money and they're costing your employees happiness. You start to cut away the problems and you realize you don't need as much to be profitable. To some extent, your marketing could be unique in that you're offering one type of service and not everything. And instantly it changes the game because now patients perceive you as being uniquely different that you're not just a dentist like all dentists and you offer all services and you offer all insurance plans, that you now have a unique skill set or difference that sets you apart, that creates a value that they haven't been able to see across their Google searches, right? So to be happy in my mind is to remove the problems if you can see what they are and not think that they're, they need to be kept. The problems need to be kept so you can be profitable. You need to realize they're not and you can be more profitable even if you're seeing less and doing less, that you can become happier and that escalates into how you treat everyone and that also potentially brings in more value and more profit to the business and i know it sounds weird and scary but i can tell you we see it time and time again throughout our programs that what you think doesn't work does but you've been too scared to try it and everyone tells you you shouldn't try it yeah there's no question the fear factor is that's the self-imposing limitation that's put onto so many people from doing the things they need to do to get things moving in a different direction. By the way, out of curiosity, as an endodontist, I had patients like that. Literally, the staff would, and, and I would say, oh my gosh, this patient's coming in. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do with this patient. Um, what You said to cut out the things you don't want. How do you cut a patient out? Okay, and you bring up a great point because I want to go back and touch on that too. <laughs> so when I, was, when I was an associate, I watched my the dentist that owned the company I watched him sit a lady down and tell her truthfully something that all of us want to say and never do. He said, look, you're a problem to this, this practice. My employees don't like dealing with you because you're always so negative. You ruin their days. You ruin my day. You put us behind schedule. So the question to you is, do you really like being here and do you want our help or would you rather go find a different office? Wow. You'd be, I know it was like, everyone just was like in shock. Their jaws dropped and it was like, are you kidding me? He just said that? Uh, does he not realize his internal mic was actually on external speaker? You know, it's like, hello. Uh, that was the, one of the biggest gifts. Again, look to your mentors for guidance. But that resonated so much with me. I was dying to try that on someone. So when I left that practice, <laughs> yeah, 
right? Again, I'm kind of weird that so way. So what would you do? Solicit some patient to come in? I, I, you put an ad in the paper for the worst, most horrible patient possible. We want to take care of you. And then you try that. <laughs> so, you well, did, I, so you did try it, I assume. I, of course. And I still use it to this day. I, so, and I've gotten some better ones from it too. So I was working for someone else, totally different office. And again, I was at the point of being there for two years that I was kind of getting to my personal point of saying, look, I'm tired of being treated a certain way. I expect better for me. And this patient came in. I was, you know, I had had enough of those holes shot into my you know, armor. And I'm like, look, lady, the other doctor treated you. She did the work. It's not me. Okay. So if you want my help here, you need to be nice to me. Otherwise, go back and see the other lady because I really don't care. All right. I'm here to help you if you want my help. But if you're going to be rude, I'm just going to tell you to come back a different day and I'm not going to see you. And she's like, no, no, no. I want to be here. I want you to help me. And so instantly she starts apologizing to me. And no one in the office realizes I did this. Uh, my, my assistant was out of the room. And so I came back to work because I was only working there two days a week. I came back to work like uh, a couple of weeks later. I mean, I worked each week, but a couple of weeks later, the hygienist pulled me aside and said, hey, such and such was in on Monday this week. And I worked just Thursday, Friday. She said, such and such came in on Monday and you had seen her last week. She was a totally different person. She was so nice and sweet. I'm like, what did you do to her? I'm like, I just told her the truth that we weren't going to put up with her. I hate to say it, but shit anymore. Right. And she could either go somewhere else. And she chose to stay. She liked us, but she felt comfortable enough to do what she'd been doing for years at that business. And they tolerated it. Mm-hmm. And by tolerating it, she did that to them every time she came in. And I just said no. Right. What are some of the patients that this has happened to where, the, where it didn't work out that? Do they just get up and walk out that day? I've honestly never had one happen yet. And I don't know if they're just so miffed or whatever. <laughs> That's what I, <laughs> think it is. I think they're in shock and they can't get up. From the right. Center. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be somebody. But you know what? <laughs> I was at the point where I didn't care. Right. So if they left, so right. what? Well, uh, you, you went past your tipping point. I mean, that was it. You were that was it. You know, when, when, yeah. when you, you have to do that though, you can't keep, you know, being um, treated that way. It's just not possible. You can't function like that and you can't treat the patient with the kind of care you want to provide that patient if they're treating you poorly like that. So it has to be brought out into the open. So you, right you said you had one, you said you had one of the same experiences and think about it. You had this draining where it just drains your soul to work with that person mm-hmm. and employees, any other employee that had to work with them, it drained them too, such that when you're done with that, you're now on edge or frustrated. And how do you take that to the next patient? Do you stop and take some deep breaths and go in the other room and scream for a minute? Right. Or do you just go into the next room and if that person says anything, your gun's blazing on them, right? Mm-hmm. So think of what that does to you and your whole staff. And how long does it take for, you, for your stress levels to come down after that? And how long do you dwell on that? And you, you, know, you curse their name to your, your family when you get home at night. And it just ruins your day. Mm-hmm. Why not have a better day and get rid of them? Right. It's not worth it. And, uh, and the same goes with, with bad employees, the ones that just continually frustrate you and you're trying to, you know, always compromise with things to make sure they're happy and other employees are seeing it. And it becomes all your attention is going to this one or two, one, hopefully just one employee, a bad one. And um, it's just it ruins, it ruins a big part of your day. So how do you reinvent your practice? You did mention some ways. Is there any other thing you want to add to that? What I would tell, and this is what I teach in my program is, sit back and decide what is it the one thing that when you see on the schedule that makes you happy you know is it is it a crown prep is it is it invisalign is it a root canal you know what is it that when you see that one procedure you go oh cool i get to do one of those today think of what that is and and then alter your practice philosophies marketing advertising everything towards that one thing it's not that you can't do the, everything else in dentistry you can 
But as soon as you start marketing, putting more emphasis on that one thing, call it your platinum package offer, that you'd be amazed how much more you get because you're focusing all of your efforts on one particular task. And from there, if someone needs something else, let's say you know they need a filling, well, call that a, a silver package piece and call your, your cleanings a gold package. That You still offer those if they ask about them or need them. But everything is going towards the thing that you like. So again, make the business around things you love to do and are good at and like doing. Don't continue to try and do everything because by trying to do everything and buying all these products and taking all these classes, you create stress and burden on your back thinking you have to do things and, and that all these things, since they're not being done, become a frustration, whether it be financially or just because they're sitting or you're not getting to do things, that you're creating your own stresses. So I would say take it for what it is and say, I want to do one thing really good and I want to market that one thing. I want to make the most of my money on that one thing. Again, going back to 80-20 rule in a different capacity. And then from there, you can still do other things. But this is what businesses look at as far as what is their main product they sell and they push, but then they have secondary and tertiary products that fill in the holes, okay? So again, the biggest frustration is dealing with stuff you don't like. We'll start to look at what that is and start to figure out how you can cut it out. So working backwards, if I were to remove this, what, what all has to happen in a domino effect for me to be three months from now or nine months from now down the road, and the thing that I hated or wanted to get rid of that was limiting my world and creating all my frustration is removed. Who or what is that? How am I getting rid of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing insight, Dr. Snyder. Thank you so much for uh, all the information you provided us. And again, Dr. Snyder has, you know, unparalleled experience in all phases of career paths. He's done it all. He really has. He's bold, uh, bullheaded, he describes himself. And, you know, with that, you get uh, some really unique uh, mentorship, www.legion.dentist, L-E-G-I-O-N. We're really happy to have Dr. Snyder on our program. Uh, we hope you check out his website. And uh, you do your training online, do you not, Dr. Snyder? Yeah, all of my training is online, virtual. Uh, and there are some programs that have some study on your own kind of thing. But the majority of it is, is the mentorship capability that we get together either on a daily or weekly basis to really help you create where you want to go. It's not a dogmatic approach that you must do what I'm telling you. It's, it's let's, let us help you with all the skills and techniques that we have to get you to the place you want to be. Very innovative and, and really exciting stuff. And we thank our sponsors, GC America, and check out their new products, Equia Forte HT and FujiSem Evolve. Visit gcamerica.com. Dr. Snyder, thank you so much. We look forward to having you on another Viva Learning webinar. You become a superstar here at Viva Learning and also more podcasts. Thanks so much. Thank you, Phil.